listening to the Business of Baking podcast with Michelle Green, the small business podcast that's all about successfully running your own sweet food company without losing your mind. If you've ever brought dessert to a party and been told you can make a fortune selling those, then you're in the right place. This is an honest, straight-talking podcast about the highs and lows of being in small business. Fueled by late nights, crazy client stories, and a permanent sugar high, we're going to listen, share, and learn our way to sweet business success. Here's your host, writer, speaker, recovering cake decorator, and incurable sweet tooth, Michelle Green. Hey, all Welcome to the Business of Baking podcast. Today, we're going to talk about something kind of interesting. Well, interesting to me anyway. We're going to talk about business and spirituality or business and religion, which, oh my God, hopefully this topic does not get me into like a whole world of trouble. But I wanted to share my thoughts on this. And it's something that I feel, I want to say feel strongly about, but that's not quite the right word. I guess I feel passionate about. And I think it's something that we should talk about a little bit more often. And so you might be interested to hear what I have to say about this. Obviously, this comes with the big fat disclaimer that it's entirely my opinion, not anybody else's, and you might feel differently, and that's totally okay. It makes the world go around, right? Is that we love and respect one another's opinions on things, but I wanted to share my story about business and spirituality. So let's get chatting. So I don't know how many of you know this about my my personal life, but I am known for not being terribly religious at all. When I was a young child, like a teenager, I questioned absolutely everything. I questioned the existence of God. I questioned whether or not we needed to organize religion. I was a super, I guess you could say I was a hippie, right? I was really into like, oh, I don't know, like a lot of earrings and dressing weird. And I took several classes in in religion. I learned a lot about other religions. And I really denounced the idea of having a single solution to the you know religion question for me. And so I've always been, not, I wouldn't say a skeptic, I've just been a doubter and a questioner and a, you know, do I really need this in my life? And do I really believe in God and whatever? And so I've always accepted that there are other ways of doing things. And so as a result, I would never refer to myself as terribly religious. I would call myself curious. I would call myself educated. I would call myself lots of things, but I tended to, as a young person, really reject anybody who had this notion of being very religious. And I'm not even going to lie, I would totally make fun of people who were very religious or had a lot of faith. And I'm actually quite quite embarrassed about that now because I feel like that was pretty ignorant. But I used to be like, you know, I used to say things like, oh, those ridiculous Bible thumpers and like all this kind of horrible stuff. And really, now that I'm older, I know that that's really not serving any purpose other than creating more hate in the world. And so now I'm ashamed of those attitudes I had as a child, but or as a, as a young adult, not really a child. But I grew up in a family that was very culturally religious, but not spiritually religious. And by that, I mean, we would follow all the cultural norms of the religion that we are. You know, we would do all the all the rituals and all the dinners and all the festivals and all the whatevers. But I can't say that I grew up in a household that talked about God very much. I can't remember my parents ever talking to me about it. You know, I went to religious school on Sundays or whatever. And for a couple of years, I went to a private religious day school as well. I don't know, it just wasn't a thing we talked about, right? So I didn't grow up with this notion of God and being godly in any real way. And so it wasn't part of my, it just wasn't part of my vocabulary. I was culturally religious much more than spiritually. And then as I grew up and I got into business, I started to notice that other companies, particularly small business, do tend to bring religion into things a lot. So, you know, they might post something and then, you know, 
There's a company in Malaysia that often on Instagram is looking for new employees. And one of the requirements for the new employees is must be God-fearing, which I always find like, you know, interesting that that's not illegal in Malaysia to say that because in a lot of countries, it is illegal to request that people have a certain race or religion or whatever. But it always kind of like irks me a little bit. And, you know, I've seen there is another some another person online who discusses cake business and she often talks about religion as part of it. And she often says, you know, God will bring you customers and you don't need to do any marketing because God will bring those customers to you and that kind of thing. And admittedly, I, you know, while I feel that they should be free to say that and hey, if that method works for them, more power to them. But it always kind of irks me because I think, you know, God can love me and can look after me. But if I'm sitting in my house, not doing any marketing, how does he, how does he, how, you know, I don't know, is he worrying about marketing my business? So it's one of those things that I've always kind of sat on the fence on. And so today I wanted to talk about, you know, is there a space in business for religion? Is there a space in business for spirituality? And I thought I'd share my own journey with spirituality and religion and kind of tell you how my opinion on this has sort of altered a little bit, I think. And again, you're going to have your own opinions on this. And please know that if I say anything in this podcast to offend you, that's not my intention. It probably just comes from a place of ignorance or not understanding or not knowing. So please note all opinions in this podcast are my own. And that I'm very happy to welcome other sides of the story or other other points of view. So if I've said something today that you think she is out of her cotton picking mind, please feel free to get in touch because I'm really happy to hear what you have to say about this topic. And this is entirely how I feel about it. So I've always felt that overt examples of religion in business can be a little bit of a turnoff for customers as well, particularly if they are not of that same and I think they might find it quite hard. But I do know that I speak to a lot of people who own businesses, as an example, in the southern states of the US, who will mention God and religion and whatever in their posts. And that's appealing because in that culture, in that part of the world, there's a lot of people for whom that is part of their daily life. And so it's a very natural, normal thing to mention in a business sense because, well, everybody in that area would normally naturally talk about it. So I think there's kind of geographical things as well to be aware of. I personally have always felt like there, there shouldn't be an overt mention of religion because I think that the opportunity to offend or push people away is too high. But again, that's just my opinion. So, you know, I was telling you guys that I was raised more traditional than I was spiritual. And as I've grown up and I, and I had these horrible attitudes, like people who are into, you know, super religious people are just nuts and you know whatever, stupid, ignorant things I thought as a young person. But as I found my way spiritually, my opinion on this kind of stuff has softened quite a bit. And I think particularly when it comes to business, it's softened quite a bit because business is about people more than it is about anything else, right? The truth of the matter is we don't have products that are that special as in lots of people can and do make amazing and beautiful things. I think what separates our business from each other is our individuality, is who we are as people, is what is important to us us, all that kind of stuff. And so I guess the more I believe that business is about people, the more I think that perhaps having a little bit of an expression of yourself in your business is not a bad thing. So in my own case, I had this very like religion, people who follow religion is like bad and people who are super ultra religious are crazy and they're all just nuts and, and 
you know, all this kind of stupidity I had going on. But as I grew up, I started to learn more about other people's religions and why they believe what they believe and how they believe what they believe. And then as a business owner, and here's where it gets kind of interesting, I hired a business coach who was not religious, but was quite into spirituality. I I, I used to call it his woo-woo crap, which just tells you how awful I was back then. But anyway, I was, when I met him, I was a massive, massive skeptic, right? He was into like Reiki and he was into like healing circles and he was into, he would talk about the universe all the time and like divine force and Abraham Hicks. And he would talk about all kinds of stuff that just was like so far out of my comfort zone. But then the more that I listened to what he had to say, and he, by the way, he was not like shoving this down my throat. He would, he would actively say to me, Michelle, I know this isn't your thing. However, I just want to share this with you. And what I learned is that he would often talk about things that were not unfamiliar to me, right? He would talk about things like, you know, when you sit down and write a letter to the universe, it's like you're asking for those goals and you're putting it out into the universe or you're putting it out into divine force and you're inviting those things to your life. Well, I'd written letters with goals and stuff, or I'd written goal lists before. My, it didn't say dear universe at the top the way that it does now, but I certainly had done those things, you know? And when he used to talk about, you know, be careful, be careful what you wish for because it might come true. I certainly, had those experiences in life where I'd kind of wished for something to happen and then it had happened and I would call that coincidence and he would call that divine force. So I started to notice a lot of parallels between things he would say or do that he would call divine force, the universe at work, putting it out there, you know, energy, whatever. And I wouldn't call it those things, but I would still do those things. You know, it's kind of stuff like you get out what you put in, Right. If I would say an expression like that, you get out what you put in. He would say the world is made up of energy and the energy you put out is the energy you attract. So it was a really interesting experience because here I was kind of like rubbishing his whole woo woo thing when in reality I would do or say or experience the same things. I just didn't give it that, those names. And so I started to think a lot more about how he approached life and I started to do a lot more reading or whatever. And then a couple of kind of crazy things happened to me in business. And I, I wanted to share with you guys a couple of stories about some crazy stuff that happened, which again, I think prior to meeting this business coach, I would have just called it, well, like life happens, right? But after meeting him, I started to look at those experiences as, I guess, being more more intentional, even though I didn't know it at the time. And I mean spiritually intentional. So the first one is that I had a woman come in who had ordered a number of cakes for me before. She was a fairly regular customer. She always came at least once a year for her kids' birthdays and then often for like other family members and, and stuff. And she came in one day to order a birthday cake for her. Sons were born like two days apart or something. So they often had shared birthday parties. And she came in and she was like, hi, Michelle, I'm so sorry. Normally I give you like lots of notice for these cakes, but I need them for next weekend. And I was like, okay, no problem. Like I, I could do them. So it wasn't a problem. And we're sitting and chatting and she's like, I'm so sorry. Normally I would be here, you know, early because I know that you like advance notice, all this kind of jazz, right? And I said, no, like, don't worry about it. It's totally cool. And she said, I feel I need to explain myself. I've recently, currently going through a battle of breast cancer. 
And so as a result, like I've been really, really tired and I can't always get out of the house every day when I want to. And, you know, I've got like chemo brain, which means I don't always remember stuff. And so as a result, like things in my life have gone a little bit haywire and that's why I'm late. And I said to her, look, seriously, it's no problem. I can do it. It's, it's no big deal, whatever. And she started to tell me her cancer story. And the gist of it is that they went away on vacation and she'd gone to the pool and she'd come back from the pool and had a shower and was kind of, you know, like on vacation when you take a shower and you don't have to get dressed. So you put on a towel and you just like lay on the bed in a towel and you air dry. So she was like air drying. And while she was laying there, she thought, to do a breast self-exam. I don't know why that occurred to her, but she did it and she felt a lump. And when she came home from vacation, she got that lump checked out and it turned out that it was cancer. So she's telling me this story and she looked relatively well. I have to say she didn't look like somebody going through anything. So I was quite surprised to hear her story. And she said to me, you know, so the chemo is like, I've got like two more to go and then, you know, it's all good or whatever. And I said, wow, that's, you know, that's fantastic. I'm so happy to hear that. You know, we just had this kind of very frank discussion. And what struck me about the discussion is that she was very calm about it. Like she didn't get upset. She didn't whatever. And I found that kind of, I want to say slightly creepy, but that's not quite right. I just found it a little bit unsettling that she didn't seem affected by this at all. And I said to her, you know, you must be so concerned because obviously your kids are young and this must be so hard on you. And, you know, I really feel for you. This must be really challenging. And she's like, well, like, not really. And I'm like, not really? How do you go through breast cancer and not what? And she said, look, I know I'm going to survive this. I know that I just have to get through it and then I'll be done with it and it's all over. And I was like, what? (laughs) I was genuinely kind of confused here. And I said, what do you mean you know you're going to get over it? And she's like, well, I have to. I have to live for my boys. So I just know that I'm going to have the treatment and then I'm going to go into remission and then I'll be fine. I'm going to survive this. And I said, that is amazing. Like, was your prognosis good? Like, you, you seem so sure of this. And she's like, I don't know what my prognosis is. And I'm like, what? And she said, I have never asked a doctor how long I will live. I will never, I've never asked a doctor what the percentage of my survival is. I've never asked a doctor what the percentage of success rate is. She said, I don't want to know any of the numbers, any of their predictions, any of their whatever. I simply know that I'm going to be okay because I need to be for my sons. And I said, that is amazing. And admittedly though, I was like, is this woman out of her mind? Because truly I I think, and I've, you know, knock wood, I've never had to deal with this kind of illness before, but I think I would want to know what are my chances of survival? What are my chances or whatever? And her attitude was simply blind acceptance that she was going to survive this and she was going to be okay. Now she was very fortunate that it was caught very early and it was like an early stage breast cancer and whatever. So obviously the prognosis was good for those kind of things these days, but she found out no information. And I was astounded at this. And she just looked at me and she's like, Michelle, if I spend my time worrying about those percentages and those prognoses and those whatever, she goes, then I'm focusing on those bad things. And I'd rather just focus on the fact that I'm going to survive this and live for my sons. And so she had this, and I asked her, by the way, if she was religious and she said, no, not at all. She just had this like quiet acceptance that she was going to survive this and she would be okay. And so she didn't need to know all that kind of stuff because she was like, I'll be fine. It's fine. It's annoying. It's crappy. I don't like this experience, whatever, but I'll get through it. Now, I did subsequently see her many months later and she was in fact healthy and well, but I was just so struck by that blind acceptance that she was going to be okay. 
And maybe a different person would look at her and think, oh my God, like what an idiot. And admittedly, for a moment there, I was like, oh my, how could you not know? But the more she asserted that she just was 100% wildly convinced that she would survive this, the more I kind of went, maybe it's not blind acceptance as much as it is blissful ignorance. By not knowing, you know, whether or not you know, what the percentages were or whatever. She simply lived her life as though it was a foregone conclusion that she would survive this. And I have to say her story really stuck with me. Like, what a beautiful thing to simply have faith. And that's all she had was faith. She just had faith in her survival, you know? And I really, that story stuck with me for so long. And for many, many, you know, it's been years since I encountered that woman. I really have found myself thinking about that story, that if we didn't if we didn't know that we couldn't survive, would we survive things better? You know, it really, it really got to me, her story. And then, you know, some other things used to kind of happen in my business, like, you know, money would appear when I really needed it or at least expected it, you know, like I would be sitting at home going, I've got this massive bill to pay tomorrow. I'm really stressed out. I haven't got the money. I don't know what I'm going to do. Like, am I going to borrow it from somewhere? Am I going to just like call this person and tell them I can't pay them? I don't know what to do. And I would work myself into a bit of a frenzy about it. And then I'd wake up in the morning and to like torture myself, you know, I'd like open my bank account and I'd find that overnight, like five people had paid deposits or something, which meant that I was able to pay that bill. And so I would find that almost always when I would kind of like throw my hands up in the air to the heavens and be like, I don't know what to do. Help me come up with a solution. That solutions would drop into my lap. And it wasn't always money, by the way, right? Sometimes it was people. And so I needed to hire my first employee at the business. And I had I had trialed a number of people and it wasn't working. And it just, honestly, I couldn't find somebody who I liked, who was happy. And because I only wanted somebody part-time, a lot of people were like, that isn't enough hours for me. And it just, hiring somebody was a nightmare. So I ended up putting a post on Facebook. And this is before Facebook was much of a thing, by the way. I ended up putting a post on Facebook saying, hey, my business is looking to expand. We're looking to find somebody part-time who wants to do some decorating. If anybody knows anybody, it'd be great if you could kind of let me know. Because I thought maybe instead of going the traditional route, I could find like some somebody who knew somebody or whatever. And sure enough, this girl appeared at my door. Well, not like literally at my door, like she called first. <laughs> she appeared at my door and she was like, hi, I'm a cake decorator who's recently lost a job because the company she was working with had gone out of business. And she's like, I recently lost my job. And I said to her, look, I can't offer you much. Like the pay is not very much. And it's only literally one day a week. And I said to her, my intention is to grow that, you know, to two or three or four days a week. But at this point, all I can really offer you is this one day a week for not much pay and whatever. And she's like, that's fine. I just, I wanted to be in this industry. And so, you know, I'm happy to do it, whatever. And the more we kind of sat there and talked, the more her story came out. And it turned out that in losing her job, she actually also at the same time had gotten divorced and they'd sold their home. And she was in a pretty bad situation and she was actually living in a VW combi van, which was parked in a friend's driveway. She was so devoted to the idea of working as a full-time cake decorator that even though I really couldn't offer her very much at all, she wanted, she was willing to give it a try because she was kind of like, you know, the need for being in this industry to me is more important than my need for money or a full-time job or whatever. And she's like, look, Michelle, I can just get another part-time job to like fill in whatever income you can't give me, whatever. And I was like, I'm going to hire some chick who's living out of her car. What the heck? But she had baking industry experience. She was hugely talented. 
And not only that, here was somebody who was basically saying, I will sacrifice my comfort in order to be able to work in this industry. And so I ended up hiring her and she worked for me up until the day I sold my business and to this day still works in that business for the new owners. And she now works there full time and she basically runs the place and she is an incredibly talented and lovely human being. But here's the really interesting thing. Many years later, we were talking about like how random that I hired somebody who lives in their car, you know, whatever. And she's like, oh, it wasn't random at all. And I'm like, what do you mean it wasn't random? And she said, well couple of days earlier, she'd been talking to her best friend and she'd said to her best friend, I really want a job back in cake decorating and and cupcake decorating and stuff. And it'd be really good if, and she kind of mentioned a whole bunch of things. It was in this area and I could get there easily. And it was somebody like a starting up business. And she had all these kind of like requirements for things that, you know, she really wanted. And the very next day, that friend of hers happened to be a liker of my cake page. And remember, this is a time when I think I had 200 likers, right? And saw that post and mentioned it to her. And that's how she ended up with that job. But in her opinion, this wasn't random. This was, she put it out to the universe that this is what she wanted and the universe delivered. And so she had, although again, she's also not religious. She had this kind of spiritual side to her where she believed if you put it out there, right, you put what you want out there, you will get it back. And I was like, oh my God. This started to kind of like itch in the back of my brain sort of thing. And so I started to question even more about this concept of spirituality and woo-woo and religion and whatever. And so I started reading books and I started reading blogs and I started, you know, looking up articles and going to different talks and lectures and webinars or whatever about all kinds of spirituality. Everything from learning about EFT, which is emotional freedom technique, for those who don't know, it's also called tapping, to learning about what Reiki is, to to learning about, you know, people who do tarot readings, to learning about actual organized religion, to asking my friends who were religious to tell me about their experiences and what it was like. I, and, you know, I started reading books about spirituality and I started, you know, nothing's beyond just eat, pray, love kind of stuff. And I really started to kind of look closer into these things. And I think that over time I have become, I would not say more religious because I still have some doubts about, about God, but I have certainly become more spiritual and it's not unusual at all for me to start talking about the universe and to feng shui my home and to do all this kind of stuff. And I suppose I believe it's because maybe a little bit of faith is what we all need. And maybe if that faith is in something in addition to ourselves, not other than ourselves, maybe that's a good thing for all of us, you know? And so I have started to allow back into my life the possibility of these things, the possibility of there being an energy greater than me, the possibility of there being, you know, put it out to the universe and the universe will deliver, the possibility of if you set your intention and then follow that with action, perhaps it really will come true and often it does, right? So these days, I believe in having faith. I believe in doing things that anchoring that faith in, right? So at the moment, at the, at the things I do now is I believe in daily gratitude. I have a daily gratitude practice that I don't write down because I'm not a write downer, which is, I know, funny for somebody who's a blogger and an author and stuff, but for this thing, I'm not. And so every night when I go to bed, I close my eyes before I fall asleep and I think about all the things I'm grateful for and I say thanks. 
maybe, I don't know if that's to God or to universe or to energy or to me, but I just take a moment or sometimes, you know, more than a moment, several moments often. And I just express gratitude for all the amazing things I have in my life, you know, the, the people and the experiences. And sometimes it's something simple, like I had a really good chocolate chip cookie today and I really liked it and it made me really happy. So I'm grateful for that, you know, and I do things like I write down my goals, sometimes weekly, sometimes daily, sometimes quarterly. I've gotten very very, very good at writing down what I want to have happen in my life and then taking the action, right? I believe in affirmations. I believe in asking for what I want. I believe in having faith, all these things. And somebody else might say, well, Michelle, that just means you're religious. You're religious. And I'm like, okay, call it what you want. I don't really care what you call it. These are just the things which anchor in my life and kind of make me feel really good. You know, I'm a believer in signs. You guys have often heard me talk about having signs and wonders. So yeah, there are signs around, literal signs, like paper around my office, which affirm my financial goals and my career goals and all those things, you know, and I say out loud, I have intentions and I say them out loud and I share them with people. I have a big intention that someday when my children grow up and I retire, I'm going to have a home in the city and a home at the beach and I'm going to live between those. And everybody who knows me knows this plan because I endlessly talk about it. And part of my financial goals for my business, I'm manifesting the ability to, to do that. And there you go. Look, I just used the word like manifesting, right? So I guess we need to all find our own way in the world when it comes to religion and spirituality. It's something that I didn't grow up with, but that I have created in a way that I'm happy to create for myself. And you will have heard me say your business, your rules. This is for me, the the spirituality and religion piece is an extension of your life, your rules. And so if my religion is now a mixture of kind of woo-woo, universe, feng shui, whatever, 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 you know, insert these 10 million things here, plus Judaism, plus whatever, whatever, you know, I'm cool with that. It just means that I'm living the full life that I want to live on the terms that I want to live. And my family are respectful enough that they go along with it. So I have maintained all the traditions of my home religion, but I've just now added in things that speak to me and that mean the world to me. And I think in particular gratitude, I think is something that whether you are spiritual or religious or not, I think that's a practice we should all get into just being so thankful for the things we've got and for the things that have yet to come. Because after all, you know, we have lots coming to us that's going to be pretty awesome. So let me just circle this back though to the whole business thing, right? So so given those stories of, you know, my customer with cancer and my employee and money appearing and stuff, many times I thought to myself, when, when things like that would happen to me, I was like, share this? Should I share this with my business community? Should I put this on my wall? Should I tell people the story of the cancer lady, whatever? And I really, I kind of had a bit of a I don't know, a conflict about whether or not I should share those things. Because like I said at the beginning, I don't think that overt expressions of religion belong in in business per se. And so I was always like, how can I share this like spiritual quasi-religious stuff when I don't really believe in sharing this stuff? And in the end, I didn't share it. In fact, this is the first time I've shared any of those stories at all. And so now when I think about it, honestly, my opinion on that in general has not changed. I still think that your deeply held beliefs are your deeply held private beliefs. And I don't believe they have a place on your business page. I don't believe that your business page should say things like, you know, 
God will provide customers or, you know, inshallah, I had these 10 orders or whatever it is, whatever it is you're saying. I don't, I still don't believe that there's a place for that. I think that as much as business is about people, I think it's okay to keep some things to yourself. And as much as I believe in authenticity, I still believe it's okay to choose to keep some things to yourself. However, I balance this by saying that if if your religion and your faith and your spirituality are so strongly a part of who you are that they shape the way you do business, then sure, your business, your rules, go ahead and share that stuff. I guess for me, I've learned that I want, I prefer those things to be the private part of my life and I've chosen to share them with you today, but it's still never going to be the full story. I mean, none of you guys can, <laughs> well, unless you have some like really cool x-ray vision, you can't really look into my heart. I've given you guys just a taste of kind of some of the things I do and some of the things I believe in. But I guess ultimately for me, I still think that if you're putting a post on your Facebook page about a cake, that's probably not the place to put, you know, massive religious declarations or whatever. I still believe that there should be some things that we keep private. And I guess I've run my blog and I've run this podcast and I've, you know, all the other things I've done, I've run them on the principles of honesty and openness and never keeping the truth from you guys. But that doesn't mean that I'm not still a person beyond that. It doesn't mean I don't still hold things private and to myself and whatever. And so I guess I think your businesses should be much the same, that you should connect and you should share and you should become a part of your customers' lives and you shouldn't pretend to be something you're not. Please don't do that ever. But that I think it's okay to choose to have some things just for yourself and some things for others. And so I hope I've not offended anybody in saying that. But I guess I think that religion and spirituality can be about the business person behind the business. They don't have to be the face of the business. And that's what I think about that. So I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. It was admittedly for me a difficult topic to talk about because I think there is lots of opportunity to offend and upset and annoy and whatever. And I certainly don't want to do that. I just wanted to share as always with everything I do, my own story in the hopes that that inspires you to share your story or inspires you to think differently or think harder or be more grateful. And I think that we can all do that. And in the interim, I will say that I continue to learn and I continue to grow and I continue to listen to other podcasts and read books and go to courses and whatever. And I guess I think that, you know what, can't hurt, right? A little bit of extra faith and a little bit of extra gratitude and a little bit of extra love certainly never hurt any person or any business. So maybe that's what we all need to look for in life is a little bit of faith, a little bit of love and a little bit of gratitude. And on that note, have an awesome week and thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to the Business of Baking podcast. You can find show notes, links, and other fun stuff for this and previous episodes at thebizofbaking.com. Until next time, may your oven stay evenly hot, your ganache never split, and may you always be in the business of being awesome.